In Georgia Ag and Review for the week of October 24th, there is a possibility of the 2012 Farm Bill being written early as the budget reduction package being sent to the Super Committee. And therefore, we had this report on Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack's thoughts on what should be included. Well, discussions, negotiations, and even proposals have already begun regarding the 2012 Farm Bill. And now Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack has shared what he sees as priorities for the upcoming legislation, starting with the importance of a strong safety net. None of this works unless producers have that strong safety net. And there are, I think, important aspects of that safety net. We've heard a lot of concerns about the current programs that we will try to adjust and correct with this next bill. Secondly is a focus on sustainable productivity. And that involves a real new and renewed commitment, if you will, to research and the importance of agricultural research. And finally, we can grow the crops. We've got to be able to sell the crops. We've got to sell the livestock, which means we have to have vibrant markets both here and abroad. And the Farm Bill has got to be focused on creating those market opportunities. Bill Sykazzi has no real indication on when Congress will craft and approve the 2012 Farm Bill, but he does believe that they desire to complete it in a timely fashion. And with Livestock News, we had this with Randall Wiseman. Well, when it came to this month's cattle on feed report, the placement numbers for September actually surprised a few people. USDA Livestock Analyst Sheryl Shagum said trade analysts had expected to see those numbers to be below a year earlier, but they turned out to be slightly more, coming in at 2.47 million head, as he explains where those cattle came from. Areas like California and uh, some of the northern states were showing increases, um, which may be a function of the fact that they had grass they held back placing animals and now as fall is coming uh, you're seeing a, season, a more seasonal pattern of placements in the northern plains. So feedlots now show 11.3 million head on hand 5% above last year at this time making this the second highest October 1st inventory since the series began back in 1996. And with a look at the peanut price situation, Tyron Spearman had this. The Georgia Peanut Commission and the Georgia Farm Bureau have issued an editorial stating that the peanut butter costs that are increasing is not being paid to farmers. They say Georgia grows half of the U.S. peanut crop, and some farmers have received $1,000 per ton. But most of the peanuts were sold earlier in the season at $550 to $600 per ton. They say the rising peanut butter cost is not telling the whole story, and farmers are not getting those added monies. A low supply of peanuts left from last year's crop, a poor market conditions at planting, and drought conditions throughout the growing season converged at one time to create a perfect storm that is driving up the price of peanuts. But the farmers say they're not getting it. They said even with the face of rising peanut butter cost, peanut butter is still a relatively inexpensive source of high-quality protein. And we will wrap up for this week with Everett Greiner. Irrigation, who'd want a farm without it? But personal observation leads me to think that irrigation is not the only requirement for producing a good crop. Drought has become common across the southeast, leading to more and more irrigation wells. I haven't seen any official observation reports, but I have personally seen some of the poorest crops practically everywhere I've been this summer, including those under irrigation. Why? I don't know. It's obvious that keeping the ground wet doesn't necessarily assure a good crop. I can show you 300 acres of cotton, 200 acres which are irrigated, 100 acres which are not. All looks the same. Why? Well, again, I don't know. I'm anxious to see what our crop watchers say. Now, could it be heat? We've had a record number of 100-plus degree temperatures this summer. Well, I guess it could be the heat. 
And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.